whole story. I need to tell you guys about how I quit my job. Whoa. What? Um, so Monday we have our biweekly meeting uh-huh. where all of the executives kind of basically just come in and like, um, it's usually pretty like masturbatory where they're like talking about how great they are and oh, yeah, I know how they go things. and they go and do like their corporate retreats while, um, everyone else in the office is living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Um, and this one's going like extra long. Like it's usually, it's slated for half an hour. It usually goes like 25 minutes. Um, and this one was over half an hour longer than it should, than it typically goes. Um, and so they wrap it up by talking about, um, about like the corporate culture and how, um, (laughs) the, the CEO likes to call it, um, they're all about enlightened capitalism. Ugh. Mm. And, and he says that, He goes on to talk about how... (laughs) I hope you're recording this. I hope you all are recording right now. I am. I'm recording. Um, Oh, my God. They they talk... Welcome to Fans of the Genre 40 for September 15th, 2017. I'm Brian Swanson. I'm Mikey Krieger. And I'm Rhodes Clark. Uh, we are we are gathered around the, the table today to talk to you about video games. It's been too long. Been How's too everyone long. doing? It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. I was doing the math. It's been a month. It's been a month. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> we And I know the best game of the month. What? We, what? We, we took a... We recorded an episode and the audio was gone. And no, then... that was that that was the episode, the last episode. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good episode. Episode thirty nine is lost in the ether. The breadcast just there. <laughs> and then we decided to. Oh yeah, news. Uh, these episodes are coming out on Friday now, not Monday. Um, Spoilers. Because, uh, Thursday nights work better to record. That way we can be a little bit more timely with like what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Friday's a good podcast day. A lot of good podcasts come out. Just add it to your rotation. Um. Yeah, Fridays. Friday. Give you the whole Bands weekend. Of the Fridays. We we gotta get down on Fridays. Hell yeah, I love podcasts that weekend, come out on guys. Fridays because like, uh, Rebel FM comes out on Fridays, and then I've talked I've talked to Brian about this, but I actually like put that on really late at night or early in the morning. Some like most weekends, and uh-huh. just sort of like fall asleep. It's got a lot of soft it. voices. You like yeah. Arthur's voice. Yeah, well, it's just like if I'm awake in bed and I can't fall back asleep and I need to listen to something to like keep my brain occupied, that's the yeah. show that I go to. I I always get really anxious about like missing out on discussion. Oh, it happens, though. but you like, just get over it. There's so many podcasts. Oh, you, you don't deal with anxiety on the level that I do, apparently. Then I guess not. <laughs> um, I I adopt the, like what? What I was just gonna say. Also, the comedy button, which has been very good lately. Like I, fi- I finally like reintroduced it to my rotation and it's been like incredibly pleasant. I feel in the past year or so since the world went to hell, especially politically, like I feel like they've weeded out a lot of like the toxicity of that show. Yeah. And, like it was sort of underlying there for a little bit and they. Yeah. They like I, out. yeah, I, I'm not confident enough to like dive back into that Facebook community, but like oh. I, th- this. So last week, so um, I guess that would have been September 8th. That yep. episode where Scott's talking about his recent most recent trip back to the Midwest was like a very fucking good episode. Like I 
like I put that on the back burner just because like with the way that like the world was, I didn't want to listen to a podcast that was kind of like toying with that kind of mentality that I feel leads to a lot of the shittiness that's in our like, um, like grander discourse and our sociopolitical sure. like landscape. But, yeah. um, but all, all the, even though they kind of like toyed with that humor, all those guys are pretty like left leaning in their politics. And I feel like they've finally like struck the balance of like weeding out all the shit and like, yeah, like they're just themselves while like kind of dabbling a bit into those. Did you also, guys, that reminds me like you're saying they're a little left leaning. I'm, I'm, I'm over here thinking like, yeah, but they also might tell you to hug a Nazi and I'm going to actually, no, 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 guys, those guys actually don't. Okay. Well, there's, did you see that yeah. Samantha B thing today? Totally. Was no bad oh, oh, oh. So, so she she did a thing a few weeks ago where i was like nope hard pass i'm like i was super into samantha b for a minute um yeah like three weeks ago she put some like their their show put something on twitter that i was super like all right oh. hard pass like i'm no. done with that i'm done with the daily show dude i don't know if you really know how bad this goes so she released a she's back after like a couple weeks off or something yeah and her segment was all about how she talked to ex neo-nazis who were big in the white supremacist movement in Portland. And uh-huh. they one of them left the the whatever troop they were with and went on to find found this organization called Love Beats Hate or something like that. Or <laughs> Life After yeah, yeah. Hate. Yeah. And uh she's like, so what do you think the best uh how do you think we it's best to deal with Nazis? And the guy was like, well actually you you know you might be surprised to learn that it's with love. You should hug a Nazi. Mm. Huh. And, yeah, so uh, she she posted something like that a few like weeks ago that I, I think yeah. it was like the precursor to that, and I was like, nope, wrong. It gets worse, mm-hmm. my man. Okay, she Late recruits Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein, two of my favorite people in the world, <sighs> to do this cute little video, <sighs> who are that are all about how they should you should hug a Nazi. Oh, like God. no, a, that's like fucking like SNL people like just being like, oh no, like ugh. like. Do nothing. Eat your sheet cake. Everything will be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's like right. speaking from the highest power or center of privilege or whatever, being like, I'm not going to do anything to curb the problem. Um, I don't even actually want to hug a Nazi, but I'm going to give you advice that I'm not going to follow myself. Fuck off. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> so I, I, I heard like in the past year or so, a lot of stories about Fred Armisen's like kind of totalitarianism yeah, kind of on shitty. set on Portlandia, like kind of ruined Fred Armisen for me. Hmm. He's um, also like, a, a, mean to his ex-wife. Yeah, I've heard that he's just like incredibly difficult to deal with and like mm. in very not good ways. And it really sucks because I actually really liked him. I, I still like Carrie Brownstein. I, yeah. I'll, abs- I'll abstain from that and just deal with um, uh, shit. Anyway. Uh, fuck, what's the name of their of her really good band? Shit. Slater Kinney. Slater Kinney. The yeah. Olympia Washington Street. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that's the only thing that comes to mind for that. What did the Daily Show do? Just like quick, like 10 uh, seconds. Trevor, Trevor Noah's just very milk toast and isn't like pushing any boundaries at all and he just kind of just generally isn't funny like yeah even though john stewart was pretty like neoliberal um and like safe a lot of times and like occasionally like mildly transphobic um oh really like yeah. trevor noah just straight up like is like actively avoiding pushing any buttons and is just very yeah. like bland and yep. participates in like bringing on really problematic people and like not dealing with it accordingly so, um, Jesus and like, Mero is what you're saying. 
Yes. Oh, no. Did, did, yeah, yeah. Fucking saying, wa- like, Brian saying, watch Jesus and Miro. Yes. Oh, oh yes. Okay. That, I was going to say, like Jesus and Miro. I was like, no, no, you need not to at all. fucking check yourself. <laughs> no, you um, should watch Jesus, Jesus no, and Miro. Or at least yeah. follow so them I, on, on Twitter and yeah, yeah. look at their fucking videos. So I, I had actually just like recently like gotten to the point where I'm like, all right, Jimmy Kimmel's okay. And then he brought on Sean Spicer and it was just like, little like, ah, ha, 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 ha. I was like, oh, you it. motherfucker. Don't give um, that man a platform. Jesus and Mero, Seth Meyers, and like 50% of the time, Stephen Colbert. Like, yeah, Colbert's had a weird year. <laughs> yeah, no, like he, he's had a few moments. He was actually like really tough on Scaramucci um, yeah. when he brought him on. Like, because Scaramucci was kind of a joke and it's very easy to just kind of bring him on and like joke about him. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and he does do that, but he actually like asks him some like tough questions. Sure. Um, but, th- but then also he kind of gets like really soft and yeah, just watch Jesus and Mero watch uh the last or um oh what's seth meyers bit? late night with seth meyers well, but, but no but, but he has oh, a, segment. a closer look closer look yes watch all of his closer look videos on youtube like that is like those two things are the highlight of my youtube that and uh polygon's youtube channel hell yeah uh yeah and also watch that video game theater thing because the metal gear solid oh video God. was <laughs> it's very good fucking great um you can probably right, hear topics. a car alarm going off um anyway video games Nintendo yeah. held held a Nintendo Direct uh, on Wednesday. Animal Crossing um, was not announced. It was bullshit. Uh, Mario Everyone... nipples were confirmed. That's true. <laughs> Mario in Sorry, their ongoing we... quest to make Mario human, they gave him nipples. Yeah. Can we like drop this breastfeed? Beat? Yeah, we can not talk about nipples. Um. So yeah, it's so, it's always funny to me like right before a Nintendo Direct to see Twitter like blow up with the stuff they wish Nintendo would deliver but never will. Yeah. And like every prediction that I see from everyone is like Animal Crossing or like a I don't know, for a while it was Metroid and they finally delivered on Metroid, I guess. Yeah. Hell yeah. But like 9 dude, out of 10 from Polygon. Fuck yeah. Dude. Um I don't know. I I wasn't expecting I don't really know what to expect from Nintendo anymore. I've stopped trying to guess. I'm usually disappointed by these things and this one was no real exception. There's a couple of weird surprises, though. Um, what did you guys think? Uh, I didn't actually watch it. I just saw some of the, the highlights. I think we're going to eventually get to yeah. here. So, Mikey, what would you, you think? I, like, I wanted them to announce at least one exclusive title. They announced a couple of new titles for Switch that are... One's been out for a year and a half, and one's coming out in October, but their version of it's coming out next year. Um. And like they announced oh. some like cool stuff like character skins. Actually, the um, Breath of the Wild um, amiibo come with really cool costumes for Link um, in the game oh, cool. that correspond to the uh, mechanics called, of their dungeon or whatever. Well, yeah. So it's um, so the four amiibo that they're releasing are the four like guardians um, from the past in that game, and then mm-hmm. each of the amiibo grants Link armor representing the um, champion. Well, no, the, the divine the beast, oh, the, the, shit, divine, yeah, the divine yeah, yeah. beast that corresponds to them, That's like cool. the armor matches with their respective divine beast. And it's so fucking cool. Like all that armor looks great. And I'm just like, God damn it. Nintendo's going to make me buy Amiibo again. Cause it looks very good. Um, otherwise, yeah, it was kind of, kind of boring. I was watching it with my roommate and I skipped through the very, very long, um, Xenoblade Chronicles oh. two trailer. <laughs> um, I laughed at the name for a uh, project, uh, Octopath, Octopath Traveler. Octopath Traveler is a good name. Working title no, in real I, life. I, I love working I, title. I love those like super not great JRPG names. Like yeah. a little like 
more unironically than ironically. Like yeah. Kingdom Hearts three five eight days over two. Like I, I'm just like this Pass. is so bizarre. I love it. <laughs> um. Okay. I'm just gonna run through. There's an article on Polygon that doesn't really sum up the Nintendo Direct, but it tells the launch dates for a lot of the games that they talked about. Um. So they've got something called Nintendo Arcade Archives. Uh, where they're bringing back like co-op versions of old arcade games, which are different than their NES counterparts, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Okay. Uh, Skyrim has a launch date, November seventeenth. I don't know uh, why I'm like, ah, maybe I want to play Skyrim again. It's because you I have nothing know. to play on your Switch. Uh, I don't know if I want to play. There's on my a lot Switch to play either, on though. Switch. I know. I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs> the Resident Evil Revelations games, which were 3DS first and then ported to 360 and PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, come out November twenty eighth for Switch. Doom twenty sixteen comes to Switch. Hell yeah! Holiday so twenty seventeen. Cool. That is such a weird announcement because, like, playing Doom, I don't think I could uh, imagine that game running on a Switch. Frankly, um, mm-hmm. it is such a like technically and graphically demanding game. I I get the sense, but so in that, so I've been playing a little bit of Thumper lately. Mm-hmm. And when I play that game, I usually play it with my surround sound headphones on. Yeah. And it's like just super intense. And I want to experience doom in that exact same way. Just like in my bed with the lights off surround sound headphones mm-hmm. on just fully like engaged Immersed. in doom. Yeah. Like it's that. Visceral. Sounds, sounds super good. I really yeah. I'm pretty curious it. about a first person shooter on the switch and handheld mode because I don't know if I'd like it. Right. And maybe the whole point well, is good to point. Like play the pro controller. I don't know. Yeah, that, that that's harder to do with Mikey's scenario where he just wants to be in bed, but naked, always naked playing Doom. Um, and there is actually something that they announced that on 3DS that I'm excited for. I'll talk about it when we get to it. I just realized. Uh, this is only Switch stuff, so if you want to butt in, okay. Well, w- when you get through the Switch stuff, I'll okay. bring it up. Yeah, we already talked about it. December first for Xenoblade Chronicles Two. They had a really long, boring trailer for that. I Lost... guess it's cool. It's coming out, but yeah. Was that one of those like Project Rainfall games? The first one that was like never like there was like a big public campaign to get three JRPGs ported to the to Europe and North America. So Xenoblade Chronicles um, one one was one of those games for okay. Wii, I believe. That's so crazy that it's been that long. Um, yeah. Lost Sphere, which I believe is a Square Enix JRPG, that's not much to write home about. It doesn't look that yeah. cool to me. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's it's a modern yeah. classic JRPG game. Sure. Kirby Star Allies, which is just like a new console Kirby game. With super buff King Dedede, which looks rad. Actually, yeah, that looks really cool. Um, Dragon Quest Builders 2 is coming. Uh, uh, no, th- so th- they're actually bringing the first one. Oh. So, so that is the first one. They're uh, re-releasing it on Switch. Okay. And That's that, that is a perfect Switch game. Yeah, that makes a lot so of sense. Everyone was saying, um, and, especially and with then, Vita. So I, I think that's early next year, and then later next year when um, Dragon Quest Builders 2 comes out, I think it's launching same time on uh, PS4, PC, and Switch. That's well, speaking good. of all that, I uh, I traded in my Vita this week. Wow. Uh, oh. I hadn't RIP. in like months. And End of an era. I wanted era. to get um, the deluxe edition of Destiny so I could get like the season pass and stuff just taken care of because I know you'll, that I'll play it. So you'll, yep, yep. you'll be no one in this industry now. You'll, you'll never make it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm an idiot. Um, Minecraft is making its way to 3DS. Yeah, yeah uh, I, yesterday. N- I think it's specifically new Nintendo 3DS. Oh, that makes okay. sense. Yeah, 
And um, the thing, the thing I'm super excited about is Mario Party: The Top 100. Yeah, um, they, I'm interested. Yeah, they, they took the 100 best mini games from the entire catalog of Mario Party games and just put them on 3DS. And, and they like, remixed I, them for like better with better graphics and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like they 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 like remade them to yeah. like all kind of look the same, so it's not like very clear. Like, oh, I'm playing a fucking Mario Party one game and it looks like shit. Like they they remade them all for new Nintendo 3DS and like my only complaint is I wish they did it for Switch so like I could put that on my TV and play it with like yeah. yeah like when we had that birthday party a few weeks ago or like a couple months ago now um <laughs> at my place like when we were all yeah. playing Mario Kart it would have been super cool to just pop over to like just yeah just Mario Party like I wish that there were like I don't know if there are boards in it like actual Mario Party. Yeah, like, I don't know if it's just like, oh, just go play the mini games, but I think it'd be super cool if they just did a Mario Party with actual boards with just the best of sure. the mini games. I think so. I think that's um, probably what it is. I hope that's what it is. And then with like even with like the Wii stuff, you have motion controls on the Switch controller, so like, yeah, or just make too much sense. Do it. Yeah, I'm it. actually super into that. I watched I watched the trailer just now. Like, I'm actually really into that Mario Party. Yeah, it's game. really cool. It's uh, like relatively. It's cool ingenious. that it's the 100 good ones and not like. Well, five good ones and ninety-five pieces of shit. Are there yeah, hundred uh, good ones? That's that was my whole argument. Well, well there's know. there's like fourteen like Mario Party games, each with like yeah a few Probably dozen. 20. Yeah, yeah. So like th- yeah, like there's there's bound to be and you know like that that is a game that would be super fun. It's like fuck yeah, we got like you know four people in the room. Let's play some goddamn yeah. Mario Party. And and you know that at the very least, there's not going to be any like real stinkers, right. even if they're not like truly great, like. So this just reminds me of a. Uh, there's a premium series on Giant Bomb called Mario Party Party, where Dan Reichert Dan Reichert forces his coworkers to play like 50 turns of Mario Party. Jesus, <laughs> like, they've gone through each one, and it'll. They're like three hour streams. Yeah. Maybe it's more than 50. Actually, it might be like as many turns as you can do. They are um, so into the long form. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the last game, so maybe they'll do something with that. Who knows? Um, the last game is Kirby Battle Royale, which is for the 3DS. Um, I didn't really I get what this one was. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. just, I just hear Kirby, and I'm just kind of like, all right. I'm kind of in the same boat. So, I'm not really sure what so to make of Kirby. This one's like an arena fighter Kirby mm-hmm. game, I think. Like the, the Switch one's the weird one where it's like you you have some like mechanic where you befriend enemies and then like you can add their abilities to Kirby's abilities to make like combinations and Kirby battle Royale, I think was a mini game from the last, uh, like planet Robotobot. I think it is what it was. Like there was a, there was a mini game where it's like an arena where like you choose a a Kirby power and then you fight each other. And I think this game is just entirely that. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. I mean, they think they can sell it. Like, yeah, if yeah. they think that's that's worth it, let's well, and so, sure. Like it, it was really weird. I was watching this Nintendo Direct, especially the 3DS stuff, from like a like like if a kid was just like watching this like on like Cartoon Network, I'm sure they'd be like super fucking into it, like a ten year old. Yeah. Or and I was like, I I kind of got this like I had this weird like out of body experience where it's like I put myself in the demographic that wants this game. And I was like, holy shit! If I were like eight years old, this game would be amazing. Yeah. And I feel just, like right. everyone sort of assumes or kind of says that like Nintendo makes kids games. And yeah. I think that like Kirby it, and maybe Yoshi are like the, the two that actually fit that bill pretty well. Yeah. And, and like, or, yeah, I, Mario, I think straddles the line and Zelda sure. probably is a little bit more like older skewed. Yeah. Um, depending sure. on the Zelda game. But yeah. Hey, do you remember 
watching the direct, Mikey. Did you watch the whole thing for the most part? Uh, I, I skipped through Lost Sphere. I skipped through the JRPGs, really. Okay. Uh, there was like some little sizzle reel for Metroid 2, the Metroid 2 remake, Return of Samus or yeah. whatever. And they were like, fans of Metroid, as well as Super Smash Brothers, will love this yeah, game. Yeah, that was what so What was that weird. all about? Why did they say uh, that? So it was actually really smart because like, if you think about it, like they every time they release a Metroid game, it's like, sure, Metroid fans get it, but that's not enough because like they keep not making Metroid games. So like, yeah, are I, they I implying like, that like people know Samus mostly from Super Smash Brothers now, which yeah, makes sense? To- yeah, totally. Yeah, that would make sense. No, huh. it, it was it was very weird, and, like slightly ingenious. Where I'm just like, yeah, like they can't just rely on the people who've been like wanting a 2D Metroid game. Because yeah. like they've done that before and it didn't work, like it didn't sell enough, and so like kind of just putting it out there, like, oh yeah, like if you like Smash Brothers, and to be fair, like the subspace emissary from Brawl was kind of like just really bad Metroid. Oh god, yeah. I hated that yeah. thing. I liked it. I, I, I was yeah, I, I didn't dumb, hate it. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was kind of mindless and stupid, but I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, no, like it's like they need to not just pander to Metroid fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, I, I definitely very vividly remember that moment just being like, I don't know if that's going to work, but you kind of need to do it. Yeah. 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 It was I agree. odd. Uh, yeah. Nintendo. Well, go to Nintendo, man. They're, they're doing it. Yeah. No, like I'm, I'm so happy that like the switch is doing super well and you know, I, I don't know how well doom. Oh, uh, a thing we forgot to mention is that Wolf. Yeah. Wolfenstein yeah, 2. Wolfenstein 2. Yep. It's coming to Switch. It's coming out next year, not October 19th, like mm-hmm. it is on everything else. But um, yeah, it, it's weird. I think, I hope it's one of those things where it's like, because I don't imagine it selling very well. Um, I hope it's one of those things where it's just like a show of support from Bethesda, and from now on, we'll get it same day release. Maybe. That'd be cool. Um, but mm-hmm. like, but for me, actually, like, since that's coming out on the same day as Mario. And the same day as Assassin's Creed, you which might I just also want to play. I might just wait till it comes out on Switch. Like, oh, like my, my plan was like to red box it over a weekend, just because that's mm-hmm. a game that I'm mm-hmm. like I don't care about the multiplayer. Like, I just want to play the story mode for it. So, yeah. But but now if like if it comes like to that point and I haven't like rented it yet, I might just buy it on Switch. Yeah. Like, so like maybe a little ingenious, like they're kind of offsetting it like that. But um, sure. Yeah, it's super cool. I hope that means that Bethesda will start releasing those games like same day and date um, on that'd, Switch. That'd be cool. And yeah, it, and at the very least, it's a very strong uh, push of third-party support. And I feel like Doom has been so far away from its initial release that it's like, fuck yeah, I'd buy Doom again. Like, <laughs> like if it's thirty I hope or forty they sell bucks, it at a discount. Yeah, yeah. If it's thirty yeah. or forty mm-hmm. bucks, because I think it's thirty on um, PlayStation Network now. I can't imagine that they'd sell it for more on the like Nintendo yeah. eShop. Um, yeah. Do you think it'll have the multiplayer? I don't want the multiplayer. I, I mean, I mean do, do you think that they would just like get rid of it? Yeah. Probably. 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 Yeah. Like, no I, point yeah, they, they still don't have the infrastructure on Switch to support yeah. like matchmaking and whatnot. Like, I mean, I just think that would be symbolically an interesting thing for, uh, yeah. for Bethesda to sort of commit to. Like, uh, yeah, fuck the multiplayer actually. Yeah, I'm <laughs> surprised that game. Maybe they weren't confident yeah. in it or something. I'm surprised that game even had it in the, in the first place. Yeah, it was so it's built by it's, a separate studio. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's thirty bucks on the PlayStation Store, 
And if it comes out at that price point on Switch, I'm ashamed to admit there's a very good chance that I buy it. Sounds good. Like, I already um, own it. Yeah, but I, might buy I it do again. too. Um, so another little piece of news that's unrelated from Nintendo is that um, Colin Trevorrow, is that how you pronounce his name? I yep. think so. Um, he is off Star Wars Episode Nine. Thank and God. And they have recruited uh, some indie de- uh, indie developer, no, indie director named J.J. Uh, Abrams. J.J. Abrams. Yeah. What's the J.J. stand for? Jimmy Jay Jones. Jonah. <laughs> Jimmy John's Abrams, owner of the, um, the wildly popular sandwich shop. Yeah, who's a hunter chain, I guess. Who's a hunter and apparently a bad person. Uh so we were talking about this in our text thread earlier. Like I think we're we're all like, yeah, this makes sense. But I, I think I might have been a little bit less excited than you guys, maybe. Yeah. You were so pretty excited, the, honestly. My my feelings on it are <laughs> he's the only person that I completely trust not to fuck it up. Yeah. I don't expect him necessarily to like raise the bar. No. Nah, but right. um like I, I really want them to stick the landing on the trilogy and then like keep going from there. Like I, I want them yeah. to make really dope anthology movies like Rogue One and like get fucking like get Taika Waititi in there, get Edgar Wright in there to make those like like side story movies. Um I like, send my my tweet that um oh shit, I forgot his name. Oh Twitter. no. What's his name? So yeah, we, we, we definitely had people that we wanted to see take those uh take the reins of episode nine. Um but I think coming in this late in the game, because Colin Trevor had a lot of time to work with to yeah. nail the landing. Um Yeah. Um I think Jordan Peele would be an interesting choice that's right. to direct yeah, a yeah, yeah. movie. <laughs> I, I for me, I like I love Jordan Peele. I don't know if I've seen enough of his like directorial work to make me want to like i loved get out yeah but i don't know how well get out translates to a star wars movie especially like a core oh i don't know i i think that like i'm not saying i want like a get out parallel but i think get out to me proved that he can do comedy he could probably like do whatever genre he wanted is is the thing Uh, yeah um so that's kind of cool i just um you also put out uh carrie fukunuga yeah, I think that'd Which be would, cool. Um, that would be like a really weird ethereal, like psychosexual Star Wars movie. But yeah, um, I would be um, really into what, it. What did I? So yeah, like the the one person that I thought would have been like a super long shot, but would have made my fucking day, um, is Dan Trachtenberg, who did um, Ten Cloverfield Lane. That movie's rad. That movie's mm. fucking amazing. And like I, I, I've followed him forever, like since like before he did his portal uh fan film and like when he was doing like the totally rad show Mm -hmm. like i was always just such a big fan of him and his eye for cinema and um cinema yeah cinema um (laughs) other people that would have been like i i thought of uh gary kugler he'd be really cool oh yeah who did creed yeah he did did creed and who's doing black panther Mm -hmm. but i want him to do another black panther not star wars because yeah. black panther looks fucking amazing um but f gary gray who did friday he did uh fate of the furious he did um straight, uh, straight out of compton yeah, yeah. like huh. he would have been really cool and then um oh shit why am i for- blanking on her name uh christopher nolan yeah her uh christopher nolan um <laughs> no um fuck what's your name patty who jenkins. did wonder woman patty jenkins who did wonder woman like she would have been yeah. fucking rad to do 
I was Star thinking Wars. about how sad it is that I couldn't think of like a couple of really good women. Yeah. Um, um, so, alright, uh, Rhodes, our buddy Josh Wright suggested uh, Miguel Sapochnik, who directed yeah. uh, Battle of the Bastards, um, Hard Home, and Winds of Winter. Those episodes of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, oh fuck! And <laughs> and like that would have been really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. even though he like mostly does big battles and like, like, I guess the winds of winter has a lot of like narrative to it. Um, but yeah, that would have been fucking rad. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm excited. Like you are that they'll stick to the landing. Yeah. I, I do think that like JJ Abrams trades in nostalgia, like, yeah, especially with safe. force awakens. He's a, he's a really safe bet. He'll make a fun movie. Yeah. Um, you might most... you might have something too that like you might be able to just bookend the movie like in a way that sure like fits yeah like, very harmoniously with seven sure mm-hmm. well and like my other choice was Ryan Johnson who's doing episode eight and yeah. who did who did Looper like Ryan yeah. John- when, when like Ryan Johnson getting uh like pegged to do episode eight like I was like yes please fucking yeah. give me yeah. anything that he wants to make like especially if it's like the middle dark episode of a star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. fuck yes. Give me, give me that every day of the week. And like, I, and I think him doing nine would be good just to have the consistency, like have him do eight. And he's, he was already uh, co-writing nine with, mm-hmm. he was called co-writing it with Colin Trevorrow. Um, and so now, uh, it's Ryan Johnson, JJ Abrams. And then, there's a co-writer who's not super great who did. Uh, no, he did. What did he do? Batman v Superman. Yeah, but he like, he, no, he was one of the co-writers. For, <laughs> yeah, he's God, a co-writer of that. Shit. Um, I forget. I'm also forgetting the name of the dude who did Kong Skull Island, but that would have been cool. But he's doing a horror movie next that he's very excited about. Um, yeah. the director was, of Logan would be interesting. Yes. I still uh, think that James, would be Logan. James Logan's really good. I know. I I own it. I'll let you borrow it. Cool. John Vogt Roberts. I don't know how to pronounce is the first part of his last name, but um Kong's Kong. is dope. Yep. He's also uh, a very good Twitter follow. Speaking of all this, um, this is reminding me, did you guys ever go through like a Max Landis phase where you thought maybe he was cool? No. Nope. You introduced me to him. <laughs> I, I yeah. was so over the zombie survival guide like a month after it came out. I, I don't I really even know dug that his is. Death of Superman video. Yeah. And I still I think really it's liked, pretty good. I really liked Chronicle. Did you see what he out oh, this week wait wait did he, he didn't something do chronicle, about did he? carly ray jepson he did he wrote chronicle yeah oh, okay he didn't okay i was gonna say he didn't direct it because I, no. I i love chronicle i, I think chronicle is fucking amazing max um, landis published a 150 page manifesto about carly ray jepson's music is it a good or a bad one it's bad it's bad he acts like he discovered music criticism and he's like so proud of himself like he's the only one in the room who gets it such a fucking idiot. I'm so over him. Mm. Um. Anyway, Chronicle is good though. But yeah. I'll, I'll I'll give the credit to, to Josh Trank. Like, honestly, it's not a very well written movie. Like that, that I can think of. It's a very like well made movie. Which the credit goes to jo- Josh Trank on that, and also Dane DeHaan and uh, Michael B. Jordan for being fucking amazing in that. Yep. Okay. So that's the news. Um, we got to talk about Max Landis later. That's I, the I gotta, news. I got to get my head around this, but yeah, so let's, yeah. let's move on because I don't think he sounds like he's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> no. So yeah, we want to cover this briefly cause it happened like a week and a half ago, but most of us went to PAX for most of the weekend. Yeah. yeah. All, all um, of us were there at the same time. Well, yeah, but I, I was saying most of us were there for most of it. Rose I was, was there, there for like, collectively less than a single day of PAX. Yeah. Across so. two days. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But yeah, we all played good things. Um, I'll quickly throw out my favorites. Um, Dragon Ball Fighters is everything I ever could have hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Mario Odyssey is beautiful, as is New Donk City. Um, uh, Tunic is yep. the, as fucking amazing as I hoped it would be. Um, and yeah, it was kind of a weird year. Not a whole lot was there. The Bioshock slash IGN party was fun. And um, I wish I went to that. Yeah. Yeah, like so, a, a weird weird year for for packs. As fans of the genre, um, yes. the genre of video games, I sort of feel like part of the show that we've like a running thread is that we're like big fans of the personalities that make up gaming and not just the games. Yeah. But, um. So, I think this is a pretty typical packs where you could like stand in line for games that are going to be out in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Most of the good stuff's at the indie booth. Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I sort of got the sense that most of the people that were quote unquote working packs from like the games press, like literally were spending most of their time away from the show floor. Oh and yeah, no, that's yeah, that's gotta be the case usually. They're there to do well, the panels like representing their like yeah. parent organizations and, and then and hang then out with each like, other. Yeah, totally. Because like Waypoint and Giant Bomb literally went to go see a movie on Saturday, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they and like Dan Reichert spent ten hours at Buffalo Wild Wings. Like no joke. I mean, what, on what day? Uh, Brian, Friday, yeah, Brian and I spent a good amount of time at that Buffalo Wild Wings. Were we there yeah. with Dan? Is Dan the reason why our food no, was free? No, we went there. For, <laughs> we were there Friday. I think Dan was there for like ten hours on Sunday or Saturday. Oh, Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was Saturday. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting how like you know you kept on seeing tweets. People were just like hanging out in their hotel rooms or like off site for most of the time, and mm-hmm. I uh, I think it just might be it truly is like a community event where like you just go to like hang out. There's really not a lot of work you can produce from packs unless you're like yeah, a smaller I, I group that doesn't have pub- access. All publicity like generated through panels, right? Like yeah. there were so many popular podcasts doing panels. I, I think every night except every day except Monday had a popular No, even Monday I think had one a podcast uh like t- live podcast show. So mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of where they get that. And then there's like a little bit of, you know, playing stuff, right? Like we actually ran into Patrick Klepek and Austin yeah. Walker at yeah. the Kentucky Route Zero uh, switch uh, area, and um, Austin Walker shout out told us that Knack Two would be a fine game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and- like, so I I want to apologize to Austin real quick. I wasn't dogging on Knack Two as like something that I thought was going to be bad. Just like it's part of like, the waypoint it's, lore. It's, it's, it's more like they dug themselves into a hole where they like said that they were going to like do a co-op live stream of knack before knack two comes out. Mm-hmm. And I more just wanted to, yeah, to dig into that. Not that I thought knack two is going to be bad. I thought knack one was fine. And you know, and I, yeah, I, I trust and Austin, Mark journey. Austin, if you're listening, which you are, you are yes, um, correct. Mikey, Hi, hello. and Patrick, if you're listening, which let's be real, you are, um, thank you for talking to us for like five, 10. Yeah. Minutes. And, and even though cool. the bears lost Patrick, they weren't like, they actually did pretty well. They should have won that game. And you were very worried about the Bears not being very good this year, and I told you that they'd be all right. And Just I to feel make you like feel better. I was correct. So <laughs> God, I accept such fucking nerds. I accept your. We are. My wife makes fun of me yeah. all the time for this shit. For being so. a big jock. Does too. Yeah, we're like fucking like. I don't big know. Girls. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> we might as well be watching like makeup tutorials on YouTube every day. Like yeah. the same thing. Um. And then real quick, uh, we're kind of moving into like what we're consuming, what we're playing. 
Brian and I have been reading Blood, so- Sweat, and Pixels by Jason Schreier of it's Kotaku. fantastic. Of and Kotaku. It is Kotaku. It is a very, very good book. Um, Jason writes these... Uh, each chapter details like the different development stories of a single game. Does yeah, he write and- about Crunch? Yep. He writes a lot about crunch. It's a lot of like a lot of the trending themes like between all of these different games that are being developed is uh, there's like ambitious ideas, the reality of like funding and manpower. There's crunch. It's never going to come out, and then it usually comes out, except yep. for Star Wars thirteen thirteen. Spoiler. Fuck. <laughs> um, I want that game so bad. The uh, and I think it's just really cool that there are underlying themes between every single game because the the stories Ever. for each game um are so different they're come from, like start from different places like the Stardew Valley guy is one dude who kept on pushing his game back by a couple months until it became like 5 years or whatever so yeah. i i work with his father-in-law do oh, you cool yeah he, um, he like he was like oh i can get you some free Stardew Valley stuff i'm like no it's fine i swear that's awesome yeah, um, yeah, because nice. he he like was working at the Paramount. What's up, while Doug? Working at the at thanks the for game. listening to the podcast, Doug. <laughs> uh, but then you'll go right into like Blizzard, who has hundreds of people and who had trouble developing Diablo three, and you'll go into like an Ensemble Studios, who were known for making RTS <laughs> games, and they wanted to do anything but make an RTS game, and then <laughs> and then they ended up making Halo Wars, and then they were shut down. Like it's yeah, that was really was like, like crazy. I forgot all about the story of that studio, but each, each chapter is written in such a way that like, I truly think that anyone who's anyone could be interested by these stories. Like he, he doesn't, right. Jason doesn't spend a lot of time like getting into like the nitty gritty of like gamer lore or like gamer like jargon. He just sort <laughs> yeah. of tells these stories. It's really yeah, cool. That, that sounds like the like value and like the charm of console wars. But mm. Jason Trier's a way better dude than the dude he wrote Console Wars. Well, yeah, and you know he's also like basing everything off of reporting. Like, there's no yeah, yeah, dialogue, totally. Like in Console Wars, right. which yeah, I c- was really weird. Console Wars is definitely like mildly fictionalized. Yeah. Um but it like it reads like a less like um, conceited social network, but about Nintendo sure. and Sega in the nineties. Yeah, um, right. But yeah, and then but that guy is like super on the wavelength of um Colin Moriarty. Ooh, boy. If, if that's what you're into. <laughs> but but like that, that doesn't come through the book at all. It's all like I followed yeah. him to, on Twitter for a stretch and I was like, Ugh, no thanks. Bye-bye. Um, Bye. Blood, Sweat, and Pixels is really cool though. Um yeah, I J- J- like, Jason's a good boy. Get, get that get that info like like listen read it. I I'm, I'm listening to the audiobook, but like consume it in some way because it really Put it opens. in your body opens your eyes up to like how these games are developed and yeah. it gives you a good idea as to like like it starts as an idea and then it becomes a demo and then the demo like becomes a game and like that's I don't know that's really cool if you've ever just been like sort of mesmerized as to how The Witcher 3 exists it talks about yeah. it yeah and I think that it also dispels some myths about like Brian and you and I were talking a little bit about this but like a lot of people view these companies who make games as like single entities and i think this is especially true for fans of bioware that aren't as engaged with like uh with like the gaming community and who makes games like the people behind (laughs) each game 
like they see Bioware on a thing or Bethesda on a thing and they're going to be like, oh yeah, these are the guys that made this. And it's like, no, the team that made Mass Effect Andromeda is not the team that made Mass Effect 3. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh-huh. um, so yeah, I, I, I just think it's it's worth a read to like know that, oh, so this is the reason why this game turned out this way. Oh. Right. Was that? Okay. That, that was me. Game? Okay. I, I was, I was, I learned something. And so I was like, oh. You got a really good like, oh, I just learned something sound. Yeah. I've, my curiosity was tingling. Oh. It's peaked. Oh. I feel like. Playing, uh, boys. Yeah. I've been um, playing so much. So uh, I th- I think we should save the big one for last. We should bust yeah. through this the small stuff, and uh, I mean like like Mario Rabbids game of the year. We don't need to gloss <laughs> over it too much. Yeah, I, yeah um, I say. it's it's less XCOM and more like Fire Emblemy. Having um, played with, XCOM, I agree. <laughs> with, with like like interesting like puzzle stuff and actually like the overworld exploration, um, it's very charming. I think it's actually really funny. Um, it gets yeah, really fucking too. hard. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't quite have the like um upper tier level of like um gameplay and satisfaction to like really put it over the edge, but it's a very, very good game that I am like pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed unironically. Um yeah, it, it's it's a good game. Uh I actually was playing some XCOM two this past week. Uh and finally. The, the, I know. The, was it the War of the Chosen or just Vanilla XCOM? Vanilla. Cool. Vanilla. And, uh, I mean, not much to say, I guess, outside of the, the narrative it already has, but, like, uh, it like com- being able to compare it to Mario and Rabbids, like, there yeah, are just some sort of quality like, of life things about XCOM that I like they, a lot more than Mario and Rabbids. It, it has the same, like, uh, like, HUD overlay whenever you, like, get in the cover, and that's about it. And about, like, kind of the similar... Um, like M- movement uh, similar movement and like action choices except i wish that overwatch wasn't like a special ability for mario and luigi i wish that it was actually like a, a more universal. consistent thing and like it is yeah. an xcom because so, and yeah. I, my my big complaint is I actually really do want it to have xcom level like percentages on shots oh yeah um like that, that's the biggest differentiator where like XCOM no shot is like 100% guaranteed. Like Mario plus Rabbids, it's either zero, 50% or a hundred percent chance that it hits. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely more about puzzles. Like the characters that are there are placed in a very specific way. And like, there are like ways of solving it. And like, it's much more about like replayability and trying to get like a perfect, like finishing an X amount of turns without uh, a character dying. And like, it's, it's definitely more about like, getting it right and replayability than XCOM is where it's got like a more like permadeath and it's like, you need to fucking survive. Um, each has their, each has their values. Um, Mario plus rabbits is, um, a lot deeper than I thought, like the weapons and like upgrading choices, like the skill trees are really cool. Um, but yeah, there's, we have a lot to cover. So, um, yeah, let's not talk about this game anymore. Yeah, it's very Uh, good. Something. Yeah. Sorry. We've been playing both of those. So I just want to get roads to throw something at us. Brian, were you going to ask me a question? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> I don't really have a lot to say about Banner Sauger. Sauger? It's been Sauger? a while since I've played it. It's a strategy it. game. It's a strategy game. Are, are, are you from Seattle, September. Washington? Yeah. B- Banner Sauger from Seattle, Washington. Um, I like it a lot. I was really into the first couple missions, and then I played one where I didn't do very well, and now I never want to play it again. But I will <laughs> then you threw it away. Probably, I'll probably play it again. Um, I... I, I 
I played through Uncharted The Lost Legacy, which is the new Naughty Dog game. Um, the starring, Lady Uncharted. That's right. Nadine Ross and uh, Chloe. I did beat it, and I think it's probably the strongest Uncharted thing um, in a long time. Oh. Because it like it sort of sets the blueprint for like where you might expect Naughty Dog games to go uh, with, with some of the like, open world sort of things or like pseudo open world stuff they did. Right. Um, and also it was so refreshing to not play uh, as Nathan, Nathan Drake. Drake. And um, they make comments about him that are like ring very true to someone who's maybe fed up with him. Like, it, yeah. like the dialogue between these two uh, was a little stiff at first, but then as they develop their relationship, like it, it gets very enjoyable. And it, are, yeah. are the characters relatively like strangers when they start? Yeah, they're new partners. They know who okay. each other are. But they haven't so, worked together that much so, before. So it might like make a little bit of like canonical sense that it's a little bit rigid yep. when they start. Okay, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah, like Nadine will make some quips about Chloe. It's like, uh, did Nathan Drake talk this much? That sort of thing. Because <laughs> Chloe's like a wisecracker. Uh, anyway, uh, cool. The gameplay, though, you know, I've been I've been sort of feeling this for a long time, and I, I didn't want to believe it, but like I enjoy experiencing those games and like some of the climbing stuff or like watching those games more than I actually enjoy playing them. And like the shooting is a little wishy-washy and kind of smushy. It doesn't feel good. Um, and are you talking about this one specifically or uncharted as a whole? Uh, every uncharted. Yeah. Uncharted since I started feeling this way in uncharted three, I thought uncharted two played very well, but three is when I started to go like, Ooh, what's going on here? Something doesn't feel right. Um, Um, yeah, I got, and I'm I'm someone who actually like super enjoys Uncharted combat. Like, I didn't realize that mm-hmm. everyone hated it, and I was like, oh, I, th- I actually really enjoy it. Um, but like, I, I I see why people don't like it. So that's Uncharted. Um, I've also finally beat Near Automata. Uh, ugh. I didn't not like it, but I wish I had just like powered through it when I first got it, so that I could be like into it for a short period of time. Yeah, like, by the time by the by not- the time that I like finished it i was like just like doing whatever i could to get through this game as fast as I yeah could. or like yeah i'm sure having finished it while it was in like the center of like yeah. the discourse yep i'm sure it, it would have been, been different very beneficial um i still think i recommend it like if you've got no games that you want to play it um and you've got like a lot of time to dedicate to one yeah it's, it's on sale i think on both steam and mm-hmm. playstation for 40 bucks yep i'm still waiting for it to come down a little more but it's going to be that game that comes out or yeah. that game of the year is going to happen. And it's just going to be, yeah. it's going to be on the top of the list of every, like, but it's not my game of the year it's, list, but it should be, but it's not, it's going to take third place everywhere. <laughs> Second or third. Yeah. 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 It'll be um, PUBG, Zelda near. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, it's really weird. I, I feel like it's, it's gotta be Zelda as much as like PUBG is like taking off, like Mario. Yeah, we don't Mar- know. It could be Mario. Yeah, may- maybe. But, like, Zelda just, like, defied so many expectations and, like, universally was, like, fuck yes. And, like, PUBG just, like, there's places where it hasn't, like, proliferated. Like, IGN just started, like, really covering PUBG. <laughs> um, yeah. And, like, and that's, that's you know, that they're not, that's not their thing to really yeah. cover it. But, um, yeah, like, I, I feel like Zelda definitely just kind of stands out more as like because PUBG's one of those things it still hasn't officially come out yet and who like it's supposed to officially come out by the end of the year but who knows 
I think it's um, gonna it's it's gonna really like uh, capture a lot more attention. I think once it hits console, like I think that that's just once yeah. you once you know you can have PUBG in your living room on your TV, that's when you're gonna see a lot of these like less mainstream like uh, gaming like uh, sites pick it up, and you're also gonna like see this this like huge push from Microsoft for like esports and shit. Yeah, yeah. And no, then and, I think and, IGN will be like, okay, now we're talking about it. And I, I still think, even though like I've put, actually, I haven't put as much time into PUBG as I did Zelda, but I put a lot of time into PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Um, yeah. And it, it even that, and with how much I adore that game, it's, it's still not Zelda. Zelda was such a fucking like revelation, and like, and, like I didn't think that I could change the way I thought about video games in 2017, but I definitely, um, like my understanding, especially for what <laughs> Zelda could be. See, I'm 97 yeah. hours in the PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. I think I finished around 160 in Zelda. Jeez. Um, yeah, I, I played a lot of Zelda. Um, yeah, it's... We'll, yeah. we'll see if I return to Zelda. I haven't beat it yet. And I actually have oh, not fuck. felt like going back and playing it. And every time that I do, I don't have fun. Um, oh, I finally beat man. Night in the Woods. Yeah, uh, after that one came out a long time ago. seven yeah. months. Honestly, I'll be real. That game did not need to be four acts. Yeah, like it, but like, I think it kind of dragged partway through um, the second and third one, and mm-hmm. I think that like it could have been much better if it just was like, well, two or three me, hours shorter. For me, I just had a lot of FOMO of like, I need to go talk to everybody in this fucking town and like make sure I don't yeah. miss the plot line. Yeah, and so like if I sure if I just kind of played it more um, on the critical path, yeah, um, I would have enjoyed it more. Um, but I, I just felt so compulsed to like try yeah. to uncover every like little narrative stone in it and like it definitely killed the pacing for me a little bit but um super charming really good game about like a like small town economics and well yeah um, but also really insightful like nice important things to say about mental health as well totally yeah um which i thought was kind of a it, it it does not beat around the bush at the very end like the whole game's kind of a metaphor for it and then it it just kind of lays it up very clearly. Yeah, at the then end. it just and I love hits. That. Yeah, it just yeah. hits it right on the head. And then there's like, oh god, we could go on forever about that game. Uh, I want to hear yeah. more about Divinity Two and Tabletop Simulator. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Jumping into the like, uh, I've been playing Divinity Two and a little bit of Tabletop Simulator. Uh, I think I'll talk about Tabletop Simulator first because it's nice, nice and short. Um, I have some friends who have been trying to do a Star Wars RPG with, um, and me. so uh, yeah, do, I mean, do it with me. Let's do it. You you, you introduced this to, this to us like in January is like oh you should do this thing and I was yeah like raising Con- hand continue we could yeah. talk because I do want to do it and we'll talk off the I, pod I've been flaked on it a bit so I I have all this stuff set up where essentially like if you were to join my game of tabletop simulator uh you it would load you into a, what looks like a living room in the middle of space um and on the table in front of you is like a character sheet that. I've already like pre- have already like pre uh, filled out for you, and there's like the dice on the table. It's a whole physics simulator essentially, where you can like load in maps and and like figurines and stuff, and like play a tabletop game like over the internet. And so it's really cool in that way uh, that you can play board games with your friends essentially through Steam. Mm-hmm. You know, in my case, my friends have all moved to Seattle at this point, and I'm, I'm an hour and a half away, so it would be including you all, <laughs> you all are in Seattle too. And so um, 
it would be a good way to play board games online. Uh, a lot of dedicated fans have um, imported uh, popular board games into it. So I don't know if either of you have played Betrayal at House on the Hill. Yeah, um, that game's good. I have not. I mean, it's it's a really good board game. It's in Tabletop Simulator, and you can play it for free. High-res, like, textures, and it it's very good. Uh, I mean, like, Secret Hitler's in there. It's the most popular game on there, if that's what you're into. Um, and games like... Uh, Cards Against Humanity are also in there. So, like, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, like, very popular card and board games are available for you to play for free in it. And it's, like, 20 bucks, um, and just so heavily supported by its community that it's pretty cool. That's um, awesome. So Tabletop Simulator is, is, is interesting. Uh, and then I've been playing Divinity 2, which is a uh, top-down RPG slash, uh, like, turn-based kind of strategy game. Um, very in the vein of like, uh, um, like kind of D and D style fantasy role playing with, um, like a very, very intuitive and or very intuitive combat system where you're like, you know, you're you're setting up your turns and attacking enemies. However, it's sort of like it's it's uh it's it's like niche thing or it's like it's it's jam. I don't know. The gameplay loop revolves quite a bit around. Uh, using the environment to your uh, advantage. And so all sorts of things are like around you in the environment, right? Like you could be doing a battle in like a, a cave with a bunch of like puddles of water around you and you could electrocute the water and all of a sudden that becomes an environmental hazard for you and your enemies. Or you could spill poison, like poison, uh, whatever on the ground and that, that could be electrified and create a poison gas cloud or something. Um, and so it sort of mixes this uh, grid. It's not even. A, it's not a grid, but it sort of mixes this um, this strategic combat, like strategic turn-based combat, with a lot of environmental um, environmental like uh, effects. And so it's pretty cool. Um, it it uh, the way you do combat goes off of like an initiative system, like a tabletop RPG. So your character has sort of a pre-determined. Uh, chance or a predetermined like turn order and um then the game will just sort of set that up with the enemies around you and so if your initiative is like very high that character has a high chance of being the first player to go and then it goes down from the top to the bottom and so it's cool um i haven't gotten very far but yeah um divinity is like a really long running series right and i don't know know this is original no this is so divinity original sin 2 is a sequel to original sin but yes. before that, there was like a, I think a bunch of Divinity games. Or maybe I think you are correct. <laughs> I didn't hear about it um, until Original Sin. Um, Me too. So anyway, is there like a direct line between like Divinity and like Baldur's Gate, which is one of those first console or like uh, um, PC RPGs to do so like D and D style? So Baldur's Gate is a, a Dungeons game. and Dragons game. Um. That it's so it's the Dungeons and Dragons, uh, like top down action adventure mm-hmm. game. Um, I'm like 98% positive that it belongs in the Dungeons and Dragons lore. Um, oh, wait, I'm not even thinking, of it. I'm thinking of the wrong game because sure? okay, Baldur's Gate is Black Isle and Interplay, which went on to do like Obsidian and like Fallout, yeah. Stuff, so yeah, because I, I remember I played the hell out of the Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance games. Hmm. Um, um, so yeah, so uh, I don't know what you're talking about then. Otherwise, Divinity's oh, cool. 
Yeah, yeah the Divinity, <laughs> I've I've seen a lot of Divinity, and it's just one of those things that, like, having just recently gotten into um, PC gaming, like, uh-huh. um, it's one of those things that, like, I have knowledge of, but I'm not, like, super well-versed on what exactly it is. But um, I, I, it, I'm not either. really cool. Yeah. And so I just sort of bought it because I, I, I talked to the developer at PAX, or one of the developers at PAX, and he just sort of... He, he just sort of pitched it as like a very storytelling heavy game and I see that now like there are a lot of opportunities for you to persuade NPCs talk with them or just you know pull your sword out and fight and so um, I'm playing like a dwarf noble a female dwarf noble who uh, is like a two-handed sword 